All right, guys, here we go. Nord East podcast. We have all kinds of good stuff for you today. We are going to tell you all the shows you should be watching. There's lots of news, and we're going to start a new rewatch, Alien versus Rewatch. Here we go. And here we are, Northeast Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? I'm very excited, Eric. Mm, well, I'm excited too. I don't know why. I'm happy to be here with you guys. I'm excited because we're podcasting, Ryan. Is there a different reason for you? Yeah, we got the Royal Rumble happening tonight, finally. Royal yes. Rumble charity happening. Can't wait to find out who gets to send that money to the charity of their choice. It's going to be super exciting. We're going to be sending out Northeast Podcast gear to others. What a night. What a big night. What a night. Great night for charity. Great night for fun. Um, All right, guys. We have a great episode for you guys. Uh, Before we dive into that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. Hang out with your best buddies, Brian, Jim, and Eric. Every single week. Help spread the word and give us that five-star review. We need it. You know, we've asked you a million times, take your significant other's device and go on the podcast app and give us a review on theirs. And go check their recent messages too, because they've been acting a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. Um, We all have different beers in front of us. What are you guys drinking tonight? I'm drinking a classic. It's literally called classic and it's from Ben Paddle. And last episode, I drank a good second six-pack. This is a second 12-pack. This comes in a 12-pack. It's a very nice ale. Like, it just couldn't be more simple. 5%. Very good. Right in that, right in that very drinkable wheelhouse. I'm drinking uh, Fair State and Burials Sastrugi, their double dry hop, cool fermented hazy IPA. Um, I've had it before. It's still a great beer. I'm uh, still at Portage, and I'm having their berry tart ale, black currant, blackberry, blueberry, and vanilla beans. It's delicious. It is ten bucks for the crowler, but totally worth it. Very, very good beer. Sweet. All right, guys, here we go. We're starting with Do We Care, and this is something that we've been talking about a lot. It makes me realize the people over at HBO are avid listeners of our show. Um, because we make their jobs easy. Yeah. They literally, they don't even have to come up with things anymore. They just think to themselves, what do the Nordic's podcast want? Uh, they want, um, river of God. Yep. We do. We want that. Don't even remember river of God. Yep. They're going to probably make it at some point. We said we want Harry Potter television show. They're in, it's in the works. They're trying for it right now. It will it happen. Who knows? Um, JK Rowling is probably the thing that's in the way. Um, but I think that there's one thing that can cure all problems when it comes to entertainment and that is the almighty dollar. (laughs) Okay. She does love them dollars. I think that there's a point where she's like, no, definitely not. And then they're like, bring in the second truck. And then (laughs) can we do 10 seasons? Yeah. Right. You know, I think there is a number that it gets done at, and I'm just hoping HBO is listening carefully to this. Hey, whatever. It raise my – if you give me five seasons of, of First Wizarding War, Sirius Black, James and Lily Potter, you know, Voldemort's Rise, all that stuff, and it's like, it's like a PG-13 Harry Potter show. It's really dark and sort of violent. You can double my HBO price and then i'll just re-sign up for xfinity and get it for free (laughs) (laughs) um dude i am really excited do you think that's what they'll they might do i think if they have any idea what they're doing that's what they'll do so the other thing i was thinking is they could do harry in the future so they had you know the cursed child which apparently wasn't great and although it's canon you're not really even i've heard like don't even try to read it it kind of will mess with your idea of, of classic characters you liked and didn't like. Um, but they could do that. And, you know, Harry became an R, right? Like a, like a, yes, like a soldier, a good soldier against evil wizards. Right. I mean, 
Yeah, I would Let's like some of that. With with the original characters, just older? Yeah. I'm here for that too. I would love that. Um, older Harry with new foes and new problems um, would be great. And HBO is the place for this to be made. I think that would be cool, but I think those actors and actresses that I'm speaking to, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, and Daniel Radcliffe have tried everything in their power to get out of that typecast. I think if, I mean, you're talking about money trucks, Eric, they might need a significant amount for those. Yeah. That uh, might get too expensive. To come it's back definitely in. much yeah. more likely that they go back and do like the Marauders, like Eric, you were saying, where it's, you know, Wormtail, Padfoot, Prongs, and Mooney. It's those core group Lupin, you know, is in there. Um, because the then they can do the actors that look like younger versions of, of those. I, I just think that um, it would just be hard to get Daniel Radcliffe away from making like a show for sci-fi or something right now. Um, <laughs> to do Harry Potter, the character that made him rich and famous. Um, I, don't uh, I think I, I agree. I think that he doesn't want to do it anymore. I, yeah, I know, I, would I, know be dollar, I, know, I know there's a number. I know everybody has a number. I don't think HBO is willing to pay that. I think Daniel Radcliffe says he doesn't want to be Harry Potter anymore because he knows that it's not an option right now. So he's like, that character is done. I, they want me to do it. I'm not. So I'm free for any sci-fi show that you guys want me to be on. Uh, I think he's already got, I think he has so much money already that it, uh, you know, I don't know. I, again, I know there's, I know everybody has a, a number that would hit, but I think, I think let's, let's tell a different story. Yeah, I, I agree. I, First in, 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 in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I'd be I'd be willing to hear that story again. But I think let's go back in time a little bit. I think that's the the first Wizarding War, which we think is what maybe where the, the movie series is going to wrap up. I don't know how that's going to play into to this, um, if that's going to actually uh, sync up with the TV show. But find out how the Order of the Phoenix got started and all that stuff. I think that would be a, a great story to hear. I think that is the way to go. Um, was it, Jim, did you post uh, for us? a thing of um, Adam Driver as young Sirius Black. Yes. How cool is that? Oh, I want that. That was he looked perfect. perfect. He looked perfect. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what they come up with. I hope it's more than just an idea. I think it will get done because if there's one thing we've realized in recent years, um, universes don't want to go away and they will do anything to stay relevant and make good things. So I'm going to guess this happens eventually. I think it will as well. I'm we so excited. Huge news. We all care a lot. We all care a lot. All right, guys. Yep. This is uh, less news. It's not even really careworthy, but it's just a fun thing to share. Um, just so you guys know, Ryan Reynolds came out and said Deadpool 3 was going to originally be a road trip movie with Deadpool and Wolverine. That'd be great. But then Disney bought Fox and that all got scrapped. But the plan oh. was a road trip with Deadpool and Wolverine. With Hugh Jackman? I believe so. Oh my God. That would have been so funny. I think God, that would have been good. I believe that's what they were going for. Um, but then the sale happened and plans have changed. Hey, that I'm sure it'll be I, I know. I, I think they should revisit it. Um, especially, especially because Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman have this like beef, quote unquote, on social media. And that's just incredible. Just to have them sitting next to one another acting it out in real life or, you know, on screen would have been equally incredible. Brilliant. Agreed. All right, guys. Um, sticking with the superhero thing, the Snyder cut of justice league drops on HBO max on March 18th. Are you guys excited for it? I believe it's four parts. Is that right? Um, is it, is that what it is? Is it four? Yeah. I think it's four, like one hour parts or three, one hour parts or something. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I don't think I'm that excited for it, but I guess, you know, some of the things we're not looking forward to, like, the Joker yeah. is totally different in this. He doesn't look the same. He doesn't act the same. So, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. Like, is it still? Okay, you're making faces like is you don't even see. Yeah. I I didn't even put this on here, but Jared Leto said that it was hard to play Morbius because it's hard to play characters that are so similar to him. Jared Leto's unbearable. He's unbearable. Was the Joker in Justice League? No. Other than like I think brief seconds or something. I mean, I would have expected that from Army Hammer to say it, but maybe not. (laughs) Wait, so 
Joker's going to be in the Justice League cut now. Okay, that's yeah. just weird. They yeah, he's gonna... kind of like sprinkled him into all of their movies, but I think he was in it for seconds, or maybe he was like in a car chase or something. I don't know. I thought that was the other way around. I thought Batman made like a, a minute cameo in Suicide Squad mm-hmm. as trying to catch Jared Leto's Joker, but I don't think Joker was a part of Justice League at all. Not in the first, not in the original, or not in the cut that we saw from Joss Whedon. Okay, which by the way is already like three hours. So and sucks. And was bad. I, I can't imagine this being longer and somehow being better. I just don't see that happening. No. All right, guys. A uh, couple other things in the world of superheroes. Kevin Feige calls uh, called uh, Chloe Zhao's Eternals pitch the best pitch he has ever heard. So he's pumping up his own movie. Okay, that's huge news. I think that the Eternals is going. To I think be- it's going to be good, guys. <laughs> I think that Kevin Feige deserves our trust. Of course he does. And so I think Eternals is going to be huge for them. I think it's going to go in a totally different direction. And I think in five years, we're going to feel like we do about the Avengers, about the Eternals. It's a big take. I did say that it was my most anticipated Marvel thing of the year was Eternals. And there's a lot of not to choose from between the TV shows and the movies that we're getting. Um, I think Eternals is going to be a, just an absolute space epic. It's going to be just huge. I'm so excited for it. I just hope it's Even without knowing what Chloe, who Chloe Zhao is, I'm still very excited. I just hope it's nothing like Captain Marvel. It won't be. Um, yeah. Sticking in the world of, of superheroes one more time, Michael B. Jordan claims that he is open to returning to Black Panther 2. He says that it is near and dear to his heart. I don't know how they do it. But he'd be amazing. Time travel. I think they just have to go into that place and eat those fruits or whatever, and then he comes back from the afterlife. Oh, you think he's there? He's like buried in the sand there or something. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? I don't even care. Like literally, if they were like, guys, this is going to be sloppy, but we're going to get Michael B. Jordan back. He's going to wear the Black Panther suit. You guys are going to love it. I'd be like, yeah. they could literally have Kevin Feige walk on the screen in the middle of the movie and be like, Guys, uh, he's just going to come back. Can you just pretend? <laughs> I'd say, you got it, dude. Let's do it. I just, I just picture, you know, Feige walking out, like the screen pauses and everyone's like, what's happening? And he does the little like timeout like coaches do yep. and be like, so we couldn't really figure this out. So we just need you to bear with us. We're going to pour a little fruit on his face and he's going to come back and then we're going to go from there. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> we just need you to pretend he didn't die and we'd all just be like, you got it, man. Get that costume on. We love Michael B. Jordan. Sounds good. You're going to pour some fruit on his face and he's back. Does he still have all the bumps on him? I hope he does. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Here we go. A couple other pieces of news when it comes to the world of television. Game of Thrones animated series is coming to HBO Max. Does this excite you at all? It does, actually, a little bit. Um, I think it'll be awesome. I mean, why not? What? It depends what the animation is. Some animation I love and some I just think is stupid and I can't can't watch it. Like if it's really like that anime style, like that Castlevania series is on Netflix, I'm not into that. That looks stupid to me. But if it's something very cool and it's fully adult, which I'm guessing this is going to be an R-rated animation, it could be incredible. I'll I'll never be hyped for it like I am with like the Dunkin' Egg spinoff that's live action or the House of Targaryen dragons, whatever the hell they're calling it. The live action stuff is obviously a way bigger deal, but I'm going to watch the show. I'm sure you guys will, too. Do you guys know that 2020 was like one of the worst years ever, right? That's what I heard. Um, And didn't Game of Thrones stop being on the air in 2019? Okay. You thinking there's a correlation? I think there's a correlation. We had Game of Thrones for a decade. It was amazing. We get rid of Game of Thrones and the world goes to hell. Maybe I think what happened was is that the, the the ending to Thrones was so bad that it set the world into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. I think it was so bad that someone in China got sick from it. I think no, no, I think this is it. I think that um what what happened at the Capitol with the very polarized Democrats and Republicans is that instead of um, bickering about if we should have democracy at all, they just got together and debated Game of Thrones on Monday mornings after the episode came out. No Game of Thrones to to argue about. Down with democracy. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. That could be. That's not you bad. Think those people, you think those people that stormed the Capitol could afford HBO? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was part of the problem is that joke, but I loved it. Uh, you know what I bet they can afford? What? The Royal Rumble. They, they they're watching the Royal Rumble for sure. <laughs> they're taping they're taping Monster Jam and they're watching the Royal Rumble. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. A couple other things. Brooklyn Nine Nine might be coming back to Netflix. Do you guys care about this at all? I do not. Okay, I don't care that much. I stopped watching it. Although I think it's a pretty brilliant show. Is it actually? Have you guys ever watched it and got a laugh out of it? I've never watched it. It looks so bad that I never watched it, but I'm not saying it is bad. Maybe it's great. It's I tried watching it. I tried watching it and I don't find, I know Palm Springs was glorious and, but I don't find Andy Samberg that funny. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's move on then. I guess I'm probably not going to watch it anyway, so don't care. All right. Hannibal, one of your favorite shows of all time, Jim. Yeah. Panels approved Hannibal. It's been so popular on Netflix that they're thinking about bringing it back for season four. Would you like this? Yes. Although they left it in a pretty cool spot. It definitely was. They left it in like, okay, do you guys remember when like um, Sherlock went over the waterfall with Moriarty? And it was sort of like what happened unfinished. And they've never come back. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's almost what happened at the end of this last season of, of uh, Hannibal. So they could bring it back, and it would be great, and I'd be into it now. It needs to have this Brian Fuller guy who's the the writer, director. He is Hannibal. like he It's his vision, and he's the weirdest motherfucker of all time. So all he insane. does is get fired from shit. He did American Gods, got fired. He, like, he does all these projects halfway and then gets in a big fight with somebody and either leaves or gets fired. So I don't really want them to do it without him, and... I don't think he's going to do it. So I, I don't think this is going to happen, but I would care if it did. Okay. I don't think I care, but I'm happy for you. All right. Great. Uh, next up, Cloverfield sequel is in the works, most likely coming to HBO Max directly. It's from the same guy who's giving us the Batman. Um, I have never watched Cloverfield. Is that a mistake? Really? Yeah. Is it good? What's it about? Yes. It's really good. Well, it's almost like, you know, we're going to talk about Alien later and how audiences didn't know anything coming in. Well, do you remember how mysterious Cloverfield was when they did the marketing? It's so all they had was I like... picture all of the marketing still, and I still don't know what it's about. And yeah, right. it was, I think their first marketing was... I think it was done during the Super Bowl. And it's been out for 10 years or something, and I still don't know what it's about. Yeah, I mean, they did all types of crazy marketing. They had like, you know, a life-size Lady Liberty statue head like installed in a city to look like it was knocked off, you know, um, it was really, it's like a found footage movie. And this next one is not going to be found footage. It's going to be a traditionally shot movie. Um, and then they did Cloverfield Lane, which I really enjoyed. I don't know if you guys saw that one with like, uh, John, John Goodman. Yeah. John Goodman in it. Um, and Watson, whatever, Mary Jane, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, big fan of hers. So I think they can return to this. Like I'm, I mean, I would watch it. I don't think it's going to be very good. It'll be like a seventy-five that I will watch. Um, okay. I don't care, but I might watch it if I can find it for free. Do you think it's worth it? You should watch the original, man. It's really good. No, that's what I'm saying. I would watch the original if I can find it anywhere. Is it worth it? Yeah. Okay. I'll check it out. Um. All right, guys. No, don't 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 kid us. Like you're gonna watch a movie that we recommend, guys. <laughs> here's what I would say. I will say this: I have watched so few movies before quarantine, and even though I still am not up to your guys' standards, I have watched a ton of movies. I've probably watched forty new movies or fifty new movies that aren't just new ones that came out that are like old movies that I've never watched in the last year. Because of the rewatch, otherwise, and this, I don't does, know. this doesn't include this doesn't include Da Vinci Code, right? No, no, new movies. I've watched Da Vinci Code probably six times. What a movie! <laughs> what a movie! <laughs> what a movie! Huge fan of uh, Robert Langdon. Okay, uh, lastly, guys, last piece of news: Lupin is the biggest show on Netflix right now. It is a French show. We'll talk about it in a minute, but part two 
is announced for summer. Five episodes in the original part, five episodes in the second part. I think it's just going to be a two-part series. Uh, have you guys watched Lupin at all? No. Uh, just that an original 35 minutes. I never went back. I, I might still. think it was fantastic. Five episodes. What was better, Lupin or uh, Money Heist? Gambit. You guys asked oh. Money Heist last week. Um, Lupin is better than Money Heist, but maybe less fun. But like, it's better for sure. It's much and, better. And Queen's Gambit, better or worse? Um, Queen's Gambit is better, but a lot less fun. Okay. I mean, it's this is like fun. Some of it's not believable. Some of it is. The filming of it is incredible. Um, Omar Sai, is that his name? Omar C. Yeah. Omar C. Omar Sai, whoever the lead guy is, is a star. He's amazing. Yeah. And uh, he's the reason to watch the show. It's just him arriving on the scene as someone who should be taken very seriously as, as a big time actor. Okay. Maybe he'll jump in the MCU at some point. We can cast him in as, as an X-Men. It'll be great. He is worth the price of admission. He is he is the reason to watch the show. He's great, and uh, you will not regret it. It's only five episodes, and none of them are too long. So um, That leads us right into our Hot Rex, Lupin, one of the Hot Rex. Definitely check it out, five episodes. I watched it in French. If you literally won't watch it unless it's in English, watch the dubbed version, and I'm sure it's 80% as good. It will still be fun. Beautiful. Well, I might get into that. It's about a guy. He's not. He is not Lupin. Arsene Lupin is like um, the guy he's trying to be that his dad loved. He's a, a like a, a story, a, a legend, the gentleman burglar, and so he himself has become Lupin, who he's obsessed with, and he is the gentleman burglar who can do anything, who can be anyone, who has different names and aliases and all the skills in the world to go and solve mysteries and steal things and do crazy stuff. So it's really fun. I would definitely watch it. It's on Netflix. It's the best thing on Netflix. And the price of Netflix is going through the roof. Is it really? 17 mm -hmm. No, really? In like a couple weeks, up to 18 bucks a month. I don't know, man. Every time I turn on Netflix, I can't find anything to watch. I have only watched Lupin on Netflix in a while. It's There's yeah. a lot on there at this point. I know. Um, all right. A couple other things to watch. Uh, the tiger documentary on HBO, Ryan, you've wanted to talk about it for a few weeks. What are you thinking about it so far? Well, it's a, it's a two part episode, uh, two part series. That's it. Like an hour, an hour and a half each. Yeah. So, uh, the first part deals with like tiger's early life and early career. And then the second part really mostly deals with the fallout from the Thanksgiving car window, smashing cheating thing. And they cut, they got a couple gals. To, that agreed to partake in the documentary that were part of Tiger's life. And really? they, reveal some, they reveal some pretty interesting stuff that I had never heard before. So Lindsay maybe Vaughan? Not, no, no, she wasn't part of it. But that Rachel, you could tell, like the first one, like she's part of it. And she talks about like the things that Tiger said to her and stuff. It's pretty fucked up. Like it's a it's a really interesting documentary. Um, if you I you don't even have to care about golf, but if you care about like the biggest American golfer ever, maybe one of the biggest well known athletes in the history of the world ever, um, it's a pretty good watch. Okay, yeah, that's a good rec, man. I think I'm on that one. That's a, yeah, that's HBO Max. All right, mm -hmm. so HBO Max search party, Jim. You're fully on board. Damn, is this show good? I think I wrecked it what two three weeks ago. Yeah. And I've had people, including your own brother, Eric, mm -hmm. hit me up and be like, favorite show I've seen in a very long time. Like, people are loving it. And when I when I wrecked it, I'm like, look, the first season, I'm almost done with it. It is very good. Let's see. It's super funny. Let's see where they go. Um, I'm through now, like, middle of third season. And it, it ends with the fourth season, which is now out. So, like, the wow. finale came out a few days ago. It's, a, it's so great. It's so funny. It's twisty. It's smart. There's great acting. How it's, fast can I watch one season? Oh, dude, you will go quick. I watched almost a whole season in like a night because they're like eight episodes, only 30 minutes. Okay. So, um, yeah, you could catch up within like – you could probably watch the whole thing in two weeks or less. For you, for maybe three nights, four nights because you can binge when you want to. Um, dude, I love it. I think it's so funny. 
Eric, it's not gross or like super violent or anything. It's more about, you know, a couple big events happen and then a lot of what does that mean? How do these people deal with it? You know, the, the rippling effects of a big crime. All right. A couple other pieces uh, that we need to hit on this week. Some of the big stuff. Uh, Jimmy Channels with a great wreck in and of itself. Um, how would you describe this? Well, I almost don't want to say too much about it. You know, Eric, you watched it. I did watch it. Um, it is, I'll tell you this. It's a, it's 90 minutes, a tight 90. It's on HBO or it's on Hulu, excuse Hulu. me. Yeah. And I, I guess I can just say that it's a magic show. Kind I mean, of. when you really boil it down, that's, I suppose yeah. what it is. It's, it's a magic show. It's so much more. Made me to like a, like a one man stage performance. Yes, it's a one-man show with a lot of monologues, a lot of crowd interaction, a lot of like, I don't know, cool tricks and and you know up close magic and and big magic events and um, I don't know. I thought it was really brilliant. I think that sometimes his like monologuing and emotions maybe don't play as well on the screen as if you had been there. Just like with a lot of things, like you know, being in a theater near somebody who's really pouring their heart out, you're going to be more affected than watching it recorded. Um, but that being said, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It totally reminded me of um, like, like Bo Burnham's um, like comedy special, which has songs in it. It has, you know, light shows and, and all these different kind of interactive aspects to it. It's just really dynamic. And that's what this was too. Although that was funny and this is decidedly not supposed to be funny i thought that um here's my only reactions without giving anything away yeah but one it was great to see someone who had obviously just poured their heart and soul into something and mm -hmm. that this was everything that this guy had ever done was this show and yeah. you could really feel that so it felt important and yes. two um i would say that it was at times incredibly boring <laughs> at the same time it was completely captivating and i know that you're like shut up that's a dumb thing to say i don't know how like there were just times where i was like i can't believe how boring this is but i can't look off the screen because right. it's actually just great too so it is weird i've never seen anything like it i would say it's a definite wreck yeah it's a wreck man and if you guys are listening right now, go watch it. Let me know what you think because it's definitely more fun to discuss after you've seen it. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, there's a lot of surprises. It's it's just a, a really wonderful thing. It reminds me a little bit about that how to with that with how to on uh, HBO, mm -hmm. where like somebody spent their whole professional career working on one big thing, and then they put it out there, and I don't know where they go next. Like we'll probably never hear from either of those guys again. I mean, that was everything they've ever done. I just want to say that um, if I was a, a, a talented musician, I would want my band to be named the Rulatista. The Rulatista. <laughs> so great. So great. All right. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you tuned into HBO for their big movie, The Little <laughs> that came out this weekend. What did you think? Well, I think Jimbo and I both did. Well, yeah. Um, throw it to him. Yeah, this is um, – I wouldn't call this a wreck for me. Yeah. I found this movie to be silly at times. Um, I felt like this movie was uh, like a two-hour version of The Night Of, where it started off and I was intrigued. Mm -hmm. I thought we we're going places. And then you have all of these scenes that ultimately don't, pay off and the ending is dumber than you thought it could be. Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. Um, it's, it's incredibly hard in this day and age to write a dark, um, like detective movie without copying all of the things that have already been done between like seven true detective silence of the lambs, mm -hmm. things like this, where, there's so many of these things that have already been played out and to, to write something new and different. Um, this, it was supposed to take place in the nineties. Apparently yeah. I didn't get that until about the 85th minute of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I just noticed it's like, damn, these cars are kind of old. And then I'm like, oh, did he use a pager? Okay. Yeah. And then like the, some of the editing was like, there was some like scenes where like you're cutting back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, this is just, it's very jarring sometimes. And it took me out of it. And then like some of the decisions that the, the main characters make are just completely nonsense and absurd. Yeah. And that was never my biggest problem happen. too. Like these are and, smart people and that's what they decide to go do. It's so weird. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think if it, some of the lines from Denzel are pretty good, um, Rami Malek is, is a pretty solid actor. He, he does a pretty decent job in the show, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of harken back to like true detective season three mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we were kind of following along this journey and we were into it. And eventually you realize like nothing really happened I don't understand the the story here. And so um, that's, that's where I feel about the little things. What's your RT score? 51. Wow. That's really low. I think it was a little higher. I really enjoyed like the first hour. I was like, damn, if this thing finishes strong, it's going to be great. And then it didn't. So it wasn't, Um, but it was, it was really captivating for most of it. I would probably give it like a 70. For me, it's like, if you really like True Detective, this is like a pretty, this is like an average season of True Detective, which by the way, is an overrated show after the first season. It's not great. So it's one of the, it's not the first season. It's like the third season, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I would say, I would even say it's like in between season two and three. Yeah. Because there are two really good, you know, folks. Well, and maybe that is more like season three, like Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff were great. And everyone else was just sort of like, okay. They're here. Eric, have you watched it? No. Okay. You probably won't. It'd be my guess. No, I, I was going to watch it based only on your guys' recommendations. Well, there you go. It's probably a skipper then. Sorry, bud. Okay. Um, our new rewatch, guys. We finished the Dark Knight trilogy. We loved it. I actually think the Dark Knight trilogy was one of my favorite rewatches. It was probably top three that we've done. Really liked Potter. Really liked Marvel. Um, this was one of my favorite ones. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Now we're starting a new one. This one's a little out there. I don't know if anyone is going to join us in this journey. I hope you guys do. We're doing five of the movies from the Alien universe. And so yes. we watched Alien, the first one from 1979. Um, just like Star Wars was one of the uh, movies that changed how movies were made forever. Uh, Alien, the original Alien from 1979, definitely is. Uh, on the cutting edge of movie making and special effects, um, I think that it's incredible that over 40 years later, a lot of the stuff and the way they filmed it uh, still you know, stands up. And yeah, I 100%. I that. completely agree. I think that's the best part of it. It was the most likable part of it. Uh, it was very impressive um, that they had limitations, but they were able to uh, avoid making things look silly or fake throughout this mm-hmm. whole thing. So, um, who wants to start? Where does this thing start? Um, I mean, I'd be happy to to just go into it. I think that you know, if you watch this movie, it's kind of interesting to try to put yourself in the audience in the in the seventies who didn't know who Sigourney Weaver was. And, um, you know, and then there's some other stars, you know, guys on this small cast of seven seven characters in this movie. Um, and that's it. And there's some of those that are pretty well-known actors at the time. And they fucking die. They die. And it was really, really surprising to these audiences. And the trailers for this never showed the creature, so you didn't know what you were dealing with. So the first time you see that thing, you're like, what? In the fuck was that? Because they had never done any... I mean, is it one of the greatest creature designs of all time? Um, I I guess my only thing is, is I'm a little confused about the thing that... Like, there's multiple different... Like, two different creatures, right? No, it's all one. It's just sort of like, you know, it goes... It's like a moth. It goes through these, like, metamorphosis phases. Yeah. What's the thing that sticks on the people's face? That's the that's the egg, and then that will deliver we'll like we'll get there, the, there. Okay, okay. That yeah. delivers the xenomorph into the the host, right? Where it grows into the worm thing, and then the worm thing becomes a full on big old black xenomorph. 
Which is great. Um, which was just electric. So let's just start with the thing that bothered me the most. Do these people have no dignity? Why do they make them sleep in giant underpants in these pods together? Like, can we put on some clothes? Like, I don't understand. Well, so, so, Eric, but so just to start the they're like an the, army, the movie off. Yeah, they're they're soldiers in a way. Um, you know, maybe more like uh, mercenaries or something like that. They're like or, sailors, or, almost like a crew. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. That's a, that's a great way. Um, they're in cryo sleep, and I think we've seen through lots of cryo sleep. You can't have clothes on, Eric. Cryo sleep ever? It's definitely Rocket Man. Okay. Yeah. Not familiar. Rocket Man. The, the one that was like the throwback, like it was like a terrible movie with Harlan Williams in it. It was like awful, but everybody saw it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I remember it. Up from the cryo sleep because the monkey takes his bed. He wakes up after thirteen minutes and he. Oh, that oh, fucking no. movie! Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I apologize. But anyway, we've seen it over and over again. Just look at, you know, cuties in space. They got to be, you know, not very dressed. But if you can get over that, um, you know, they set the stage with, like, these are realistic characters. They're, you know, manning this big ship. It's clearly someplace in the future where space travel is established. Mining is established. There's, um, you know, this giant company that they introduce. I think it's Wayland. Wayland Corporation. And... As you get into the mythos of Alien, as we get onto this rewatch, we're going to see a lot of the stuff from this movie revisited, like the giant guy that's like kind of controlling the the ship that crashed, you know, the Covenant ship. We don't really know any of that right now. Um, the movie doesn't tell you much. It sort of just is it one giant mood, one kind of like, hey, space is really fucking scary, just as a character almost in it, like. They're out in space. That's scary already. The ship is space, fucking scary. Space is 1,000% a character, and maybe the most predominant of all of them. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, they make some bad decisions, and right away, like, Eric, you were watching it, I think, and, and was like, why would they make that decision? I'm like, dude, just stick with it, because then that comes out later that the guy was an android, and he had his own secret mission, and so it's definitely not just a monster movie. There's definitely some politics going on, um, just, just add a couple more interesting layers. I found myself, uh, excited for the most recent movies, um, Covenant and Prometheus, because they're kind of retelling this story again. We'll get there eventually in a few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I think just seeing this, it made me think like, yeah, I can't wait to watch the newer ones, even if they're not as acclaimed. Um, mm -hmm. they're just doing a better job of kind of bringing this universe back. Uh, telling this story. Um, all right. So eventually they, uh, how do they okay. get? Uh, so hold on. So they, they wake up from the cryo sleep and then <clears throat> they were supposed to be going to point a, um, when they're woken up, they're at a different point they're woken up earlier than they thought. There's a distress beacon of some, of some kind that the ship has deemed or the company has deemed that this these folks need to go answer or go investigate or something like that. So um, they're uh, they're going to go explore the source of this signal, this beacon, um, and then they end up going down into this, you know, uh, rocky, windy, stormy planet. And yeah. they, they land on uh, the planet, and then they decide that they're going to go uh, try and track down where this signal is coming from. And that's when you get into just the most amazingly designed, cool-ass, scary ship ever that almost looks like it's a skeleton on the inside, you know? Um, so cool. H.R. Geiger did a ton of that. Like, it was all taken from his artwork. And you get the cool, like, super disgusting pods. I forgot how great the effects were in this. I mean, did they use actual, like, placentas and shit in this movie? Because it looked so gross and so real. I think they nailed it, and it's been redone in so many different universes, like um, Mandalorian. Yeah. Did the same thing. The same pod idea in space is just people love it. Creepy crawly yeah. things coming out of giant, disgusting, gooey pods. Yeah. So, so just, to, just to take a step back for a second, other than the computer stuff in this movie, the set design mm -hmm. still holds up to this day 
Like it could, you could easily, if you replace like the, the mother computer and a few other things, you could easily pluck this movie into today and make it like, oh, it's a gritty noir sci-fi and it would still play. It would still yeah. play very easily. And and all, like you said, all of the the pod and the ship and, and even like the, the Nostromo ship that they're on, like that, mm-hmm. the inside of that is impeccably done. I know. It's so cool. Some of my favorite parts were, were them exploring the ship because every new room they go into is cool and different. And this one's dripping right. and this one has, you know, just amazing set design with it. Um, what did you guys think of, were you surprised with the, with the guy with the chest bursting and stuff? I mean, they kind of took you on a roller coaster with it of, okay, this thing stuck to his face. Oh, it fell off and it's dead. Okay. It's over. Well, and the chest okay. comes out and they're like, let's back up a second. Yeah. So just, just kind of taking along the story, they go, they're, they're investigating this beacon. They find the pods. One pod, uh, breaks open and lashes onto the guy's face. So, What's the first thing you should do when an alien creature latches onto your face? Run back to your ship and take it inside because that's what, no, and I'm kidding. But like, so they they take them back to the ship and they're like, you got to do something. You got to let them in. Sigourney Weaver is like, no, we can't. You know, there's quarantine rules. He's got to stay outside. And uh, the science officer, Ash, a.k.a. the, you know, kind of uh, the secondary story. uh, Yeah, right, right overrides it and allows them to to come back in on the ship. And so then he's laying on the the medic table um, with this thing attached to his face. And yeah, that's when, that's when things kind of go off the rails. Eventually the, they think that the thing dies and the guy wakes up, uh, Kane wakes up and he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then shit gets real. Yeah, Real they're quick. having a good old time in the, the chest bursting scene, which still was great. I loved it. Um, maybe a little sillier on that part than I remember. Uh, more of an impact when I was little, I guess, because it does look a little silly with the little worm monster coming out. But definitely cool. A lot of blood. And from there, people start dying. I would say that the worst effect they did was the little worm guy running across the table. I laughed too. It's that like, was, tick, 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 tick. That was like they just pull that thing on a rope, you know. That was bad. Um, but I but again, but again, if you're if you're watching this in 1978, oh, you're terrified. Terrified. Yeah. Um, I thought that all of that was good, but I just it made me think to myself, guys, if we find ourselves in space and something hooks onto my face, that's like some weird, creepy alien thing. I don't want you to bring me back on the ship. I want you to use the flame gun and just kill me. Yeah, yeah, just end it. I don't want it to pop out of my chest. I don't even want to know. Even if nothing happened to me, I'd live the rest of my life expecting it to pop out of my chest. <laughs> right. Just end me, okay? Just end it. But, you know, and then that's explained later, too, because the science officer is actually working on his own mission from the company to collect the sample of this creature uh, to probably use it for, you know, a weapon or something. So, they, you know, something that you're watching it right away. And you're like, well, that's dumb. That's bad writing. When they come back and explain that, that's good writing. Now it's very good writing. So I thought the whole thing was written really well. Um, how about when you start seeing this this creature cruising really fast through the ship and, you know, the thing's fucking huge. Pulling people up, taking them off into the rafters. And uh, well, what I was your first initial reaction to seeing this thing? I thought they did a really good job of, you know, we've talked about different movies that, that sort of hide monsters in the shadows is more effective than like having an like overt monster at all times. And I feel like the fact that you had crew members walking through the ship initially naive to what this thing was going to become. But then once they realized it, like every corner, every dark area, every closet, every air duct, every nook and cranny in the ship was terrifying. Yeah. Because this thing had grown to such an exponential size from what it started off was and, and, and was, you know, rapidly killing additional crew members. I thought that was like so brilliantly done because they didn't have to show the alien like moving down the court. You know, you have that like uh, that point of view camera of like the alien scurrying through oh, the thing. They skipped was, all that cheesy stuff, didn't they? I love it. And and it was just sort of like you turn the corner and your flashlight hit the xenomorph's face. You know what I yep. mean? And that, that was the scary part of like not knowing what was around the next corner or around the next bend. Like that, mm-hmm. I thought that was so like Eric mentioned, they filmed it so well 
that that was just such a brilliant move by Ridley Scott. They had yeah. no ability to make the Xenomorph move in a scary way. And they, that, and that okay. shows the brilliance of how they filmed this movie. Well, you know, it was like a really skinny dude in a suit. Like, I, that's what most of the Xenomorph was. Like, it was a really skinny guy. I thought it was just a model. And like, yeah. But no, I, I just think that they did a great job of filming something in 1979 that they had no business doing. And they did it in a way that made it so scary because it always just was there above you, behind you. It didn't have to sneak up on you. It was just there. And mm-hmm. sense that it was there and you would turn around and it was there. You'd look up and it was there. And they just did such a great job of making it so scary and so mysterious without it having to like move in a way that ruined the movie. So, you know, at this point, there's really no point to go through the plot. You know, Ripley discovers, I'll go make it quick, I guess. Ripley discovers this kind of plot from the science officer to, you know, the crew is expendable. We just want this creature. Um, You think that she has now escaped, but it's gotten into, of course, it's gotten into her escape pod and, you know, she blasts it out of there and it, it dies in space. Um, and Ripley has now cemented herself as, as an action star. Um, what did you guys think of the ending? Did you guys, were, was anything surprising about it? I mean, they did such a great job of making you think that the ending was her getting off the ship and blowing up the ship. Mm-hmm. Such a great job of setting that up. So then when she gets on the escape ship and you're like, oh, finally, like it's over. And then there's like another 15 minutes of terror. Um, I thought that was amazing. I thought they did such a great job with that. Um, Well, not only that, just just getting off of the main ship into the whatever, I don't know, it's not an escape, but the secondary ship Mm -hmm. was terrifying. They had five minutes. They they tried to shut down the self-destruct, and that didn't happen. And, you know, self-destruct sequences are uh, played out, you know, at this point in time. Uh, but I thought this, I thought this one made perfect sense the way that they did it. And I thought it was really well done. How about the, how about the, the, um, computer graphics for the explosion? I was laughing. It was like five explosions and like, boom, kept happening. And it was so silly, but, um, overall, like it made a lot of sense for the story. So this one was a Ridley Scott classic. It is a sci-fi horror movie with, and, and think about it, any good horror movie has your heroine, one woman that lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how they do them. This next movie, you guys, James Cameron takes over. Have you seen, who's seen Aliens? Eric, have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Okay, you've all seen it. Well, I have not. I've seen oh my God. You are in for an absolute treat. It is. Three of them. Yeah, it is one of the best. Just It's just an action movie next. I mean, this next thing is. It's a space that everybody's got guns and there's military and John Paxton is in it. It's like not the same movie at all. I mean, it's is this so the one totally with, the mech, with the mech suits. Yes. Well, that's, that's toward the end, but I've, I've seen that part like just from brief clips, but I've never yeah. seen the movie front to back. Dude. I think, I mean, it's so different, but aliens, aliens, um, the second one was always my favorite of all of them. So I'm, I'm excited about it. James Cameron just doesn't miss. Where where does uh where was this in James Cameron's like film filmography that early? Has One of his first. I think it was I think it was either I don't know, it was either before or after the first Terminator, so very early. Well what's crazy is that, you know, it was nineteen seventy nine for the first one. The aliens was shot in nineteen eighty six. Rushed him to make another one. And the crazy thing is to me is just how um, critically acclaimed, both of them were. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but totally different. On Rotten Tomatoes, different directors, different ideas, different types of movies. Um, the 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 audience score was a ninety four for both of them. Oh, funny. And uh, Alien got a ninety eight from critics, and Aliens got a ninety seven from critics. Wow, that's crazy. And then uh, the third one, which is called. Resurrection. Resurrection is a disaster. Yep. My decades of disaster until the last decade of average. Yep. And (laughs) the the rewatch might be peaking this next week. And that's okay. Because I think it's the stuff that I'm looking forward to watching them all in a row is the stuff because Covenant 
is it Alien Covenant and Alien Premier, no, Prometheus and Covenant or something? Alien Covenant, yeah, correct. They're really complicated movies. They're like they're so they're hard to understand. They're so complicated. I think they ruin a good movie. Yeah, I think so too. But I think that we will have the best chance to appreciate them doing a rewatch like this, coming into them, having just walked through the you know the engineer's chair and seen all that, and then they're going to throw back to that. And well, there, there's even a scene in that room, isn't there? Yeah, in one of the movies. So I'm excited. Um, I think it's going to add maybe some new appreciation for me on those couple. I, that's what I was saying. Just watching this movie, I like Prometheus, and so I found myself just being like, oh. I can't wait to watch Prometheus kind of read because Prometheus is kind of like um, the force awakens is in that it's telling a pretty similar story, but it's continuing on. It's kind yeah. of telling the story to a new generation. It's almost a remake, but it's also connected to what's come before. And so yeah. I do think we're going to appreciate it more, even though we're going to be like, Oh wow. If they just did a little better storytelling, we'd really like this movie. So just for the record, uh, Aliens was James Cameron's third like major motion picture. He his first one was Piranha yes. Two: The Spawning, um, whatever that was in 1981. Then he did The Terminator, and then he did Aliens. Okay. Can't wait. All right, guys, that is all we have time for this week on the Nordies Podcast. Make sure you go back and check out our sports cast. Uh, it's full of good stuff. We talk about all the Minnesota sports teams. We break down the Super Bowl. Uh, lots of good stuff there. And also, um, we will post a winner of our first annual Royal Rumble charity winner, $300 from the good listeners of our show, going to the charity of that person's choice. Can't wait to see what happens with that. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening to your three best friends in the whole wide world, the Northeast Podcast. <laughs>